the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hello, everyone. This is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we will be talking with three individuals from OpForce out of Boulder, Colorado, uh, Dr. Jim Kelly, Dr. Marco Better, and Kelly Wenzel. You all there? Yes. Yes, Al. Good to be with you. All right, fantastic. And what we're going to talk about today is workforce planning and how simulation and agent-based modeling can help you predict the future more accurately and thus develop better talent strategies. Um, before we launch in, uh, Jim, do you just want to give a uh, brief introduction of yourself and OpForce as well as introduce uh, the members of your team and give them a chance to share a little bit about themselves as well? Certainly, Al. Um, my name is Jim Kelly. I'm the CEO of OpTech Systems, and our, one of our product lines is this OpForce product for workforce planning. And, you know, when it comes down to workforce planning, it's really quite straightforward from our perspective. Really, what you're trying to do is balance talent demand with talent supply. It's, it's as simple as that. Now, it isn't necessarily easy to do, but the concept isn't very difficult. You know, you have to start out with predicting your demand for talent into the future based on your business objectives. And we, we've spent a lot of time deciding and figuring out how to do that accurately and, and reliably. Then once you know what you're going to need in terms of talent, your next thing is trying to figure out, well, what talent will you have on hand to meet that demand, your supply? And, you know, you have to consider the entire organization ecosystem, everything from recruitment to retirement to understand what talent you will have available in, 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 the, in the planning horizon. And in that, you're going to hear a little bit about that today in terms of our agent-based simulation, how we use that to accurately predict the supply. And then, of course, the end, the end game is when there are gaps or uh, surpluses or deficiencies in talent, how do you close those gaps and, and, and in an optimal way, a cost-effective way? In a nutshell, that's what workforce planning is all about. And, you know, today we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I have with me here today uh, Marco Better. Uh, Dr. Better is our VP of Analytics Services and is really managing the, uh, the workforce planning product here and, and services that we offer at Optech. And also Kelly Wenzel, who is in charge of new business development for the OpForce product line. So I'll, I'll turn it over to Marco to make some introductory comments as well. Hi, Al. This is uh, Marco Better. I'm, like Jim said, I'm VP of Analytic Services here at OpTech, in charge of managing the OpForce product. Uh, and one thing I would like to mention about OpForce that makes us unique is our highly consultative approach to workforce planning. So we don't just offer an off-the-shelf piece of software and then uh, leave you alone with it, but we actually like to think of ourselves as our client's workforce planning department, uh, and we do a lot of the analytics and even uh, present results to our clients. Um, and I'll turn it over to Kelly so she can introduce herself. Thanks. My name is Kelly Wenzel. I'm the VP of Business Development for OpsForce. And um, I come with a background in strategic HR management and 
my role is to have uh, more outreach to the HR community and their involvement with uh, workforce planning. Um, one of the reasons that I joined Opforce along the lines that Marco just mentioned is it's highly consultative process, having been a practitioner myself and seeing um, what happens when you don't have that element, I certainly can bring that perspective to the table um, for our clients to bring resolution for their workforce planning needs. So I'm really happy to be well, here. Thank you. Well, outstanding. Thanks for sharing. And I want to start off by going back to something uh, Marco said. Uh, because many organizations are deeming workforce planning an extremely high priority. Uh, that being said, not many are doing it well. And the reality is many don't have the data structured properly. They don't have the tool set. They don't have the technical or analytical expertise to do the work. So there is this uh, momentum towards effectively outsourcing some of the analytical capability. And if I hear you correctly, Marco, that's in effect what you're doing. You're becoming the outsource provider of workforce planning and in some cases analytic services. Is that an accurate depiction of what you all do? That's correct, Ali. Yeah, we realize that um, although everybody wants to do workforce planning and, you know, Jim explained it in a very simple way, it it is not necessarily that easy to do, especially if you want to do sophisticated analytics. So we've realized that a uh, highly consultative approach, a high-touch service with, you know, leveraged on a cutting-edge piece of technology like Opforce is uh, what works best in, in the market today. Excellent. So given that, what does an, an ideal uh, user of your services look like? In other words, what data needs to be in place? Uh, what process needs to, to be in place? Can you give listeners an idea of how you service them and the value that they would receive from engaging you all? Sure. You know, recent studies show that only 15% of companies that want to do workforce planning actually move away from basic reporting on history. So what we bring to the table is uh, the capability to do predictive analytics. Now, we, we tune our predictive models on a client's historical data. So we typically ask uh, our client to provide data for the past two or three years in the form of uh, snapshots of their workforce. So um, records of their employees going back in time uh, with all of their job-related characteristics, for example, title, job level, location, and also their demographics, age, gender, uh, tenure in the organization, performance rating, whatever they have on their employees, going back a couple of years so that we can tune our predictive model based on things we see in the past. In addition to that, in, in, in order to predict demand, we also typically look at financial metrics and operational metrics that drive changes in headcount over time so that we can create a demand forecast. Uh, and then we test the accuracy of, of those forecasts by going back in time, 
using our model to predict what would have happened and then comparing that to what actually happened and doing that iteratively until we can minimize that difference between what actually happened and what our model predicts predict would have happened in order to build confidence in our predictive ability and the accuracy of our models going forward. Now, that's easier said than done. <laughs> uh, let me yeah, just say that a lot of work goes into cleaning and harmonizing and standardizing the data. That's not to say that their data has to be perfect, because if they wait for their data to be perfect, then they're never going to move forward. So we do the best we can with what they have, and that's what we tell our, all our clients. And we can demonstrate very high levels of accuracy, even with imperfect data. You know, uh, Al, so, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, just a quick question on that. And uh, Jim, I'm actually going to toss it over to you because there's much being said in the marketplace around predictive analytics. And as some are called predictive, when it's you know, basic uh, projections and it's not rooted in science. And what I'm hearing you say is that your approach is rooted in science, number one. And number two, that you also take care of the difficult job of staging or harmonizing the data, to use your word. Uh, Jim, is, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's, that's true, Al. I mean, the data aspect of this, if you listen to what Marco was saying, he talked about data for the first 75% uh, of his answer, and then he talked about the analysis at the end. And that is actually fairly accurate about the amount of effort we put into servicing a customer. A good portion of our effort is really looking at their data and trying to make sense out of it. And I'll give you an example of that. I mean, one of the things we need to be able to track are the number of uh, people filling a particular role in an organization. Well, that might sound simple on the, on the surface, but if you start looking at these snapshots that, that um, Marco was talking about, you find out, well, what happens is organizations are never static. We haven't found a single one. If you have one, I would like to work with them, but, but they, they are constantly changing. They're constantly reorganizing. They're moving groups from one organization to another. They're redefining and reclassifying jobs. They're merging jobs, separating jobs into multiple jobs. Um, some are actually acquiring other companies. Some are spinning off companies. Because we're looking at large organizations here in many cases. And so what happens is trying to even track the number of people filling a particular role becomes rather complex. We have to understand when all these activities are going on in the organization and then modify and harmonize the data to reflect that. Otherwise, what we get out is just garbage. And we've, we've had many customers now, many, many clients for our technology, and everyone has needed a lot of high-touch consulting um, and, and data assistance in getting the data to a point where we can do something useful for it, with it. Probably anybody that's out there that's actually used data to try to do anything other than simple counts understand some of the things I'm talking about. And it really is um, because of this dynamic nature of the world and, and, and most businesses that this never ends. You don't just get it right and then you're done. Next month we'll have another set of new challenges and the month after that we'll have new challenges. Every, every customer we work with has new and sometimes interesting, sometimes uh, frustrating challenges to deal with 
every time we want to do a, a new assessment of their workforce uh, in terms of supply and demand. So it's, it's an absolutely critical part of this. And I wish I could say it was easy to do, that there was some magic you could do, and it was really easy and no problem. But the reality is, it isn't. It, it just takes a lot of hard work. And it isn't just turning the crank kind of work. It, sometimes it takes very careful thought about how to do some of these transformations and harmonizations. And we have a lot of people sitting around tables trying to figure out how to do this sometimes and do it in a way that makes sense and is accurate and, and that, that can be, make the data useful. Do you want to add anything to that, Marco? Well, if I might interject and ask a, a follow-up question. Uh, it, yes, it's difficult, and I understand that a lot of organizations are, have struggled internally uh, with trying to get that right, and they default to the immediate needs, where, which were often rooted in reporting. So what I'm hearing is that you help with the data staging, which can facilitate reporting, as well as do the more advanced analytics and help better understand the future so they can formulate talent acquisition strategies, internal mobility, and org design. Uh, is that a fair statement that you also help with the reporting and visualization as well as the uh, advanced or predictive analytics? Yes, we, we have a... Uh, a sophisticated tool that we use here behind the scenes to create all of the analytics. And then we, um, we provide the results to our customers through a web uh, portal that has uh, many different types of reports and metrics, summar summarized metrics, tables, charts, and graphs that allow them to evaluate different scenarios uh, in terms of uh, gap risks, uh, attrition risk, uh, cost and productivity, recruitment metrics, uh, and we keep adding to it as we get more and more sophisticated with our clients and the work that we do for them. You know, so there's a dashboard in place as well as the idea to pe capture scenarios and, and these simulations. Uh, Jim, you're going to add to that? Yeah, there was something that Marco mentioned, and it, and it applies here as well as this idea of validating our, our system, because one of the things we do besides uh, doing some predictions of, of the past and seeing how it lines up with the actuals of the past, that's one type of validation. The other one is when we absorb data from the past and we represent it to the client after we do all this harmonizing and cleaning, we want to make sure it matches some of the reporting they're already doing. And when it doesn't, we try to figure out what, what, what might be the issue there. Uh, so there is a bit of a confirmation that we're doing our job right by doing some of these traditional reports and showing them to the, the client. And then they say, well, that looks right. Or no, it doesn't look right. There must be some kind of problem in the data that we have to get resolved. So we actually use that to help the data become even better and cleaner uh, as well as doing the validation in terms of comparing predictions to knowing what actually happened in the past. That's also um, uh, another way we do validation. Because it's really important for us to validate our process and our models to the client because we want them to be sure and, and be convinced that we, because if we're going to predict the future, they have to have trust in our models. And, and so we put a lot of effort into that aspect of, of our services. And, and our software. Got it. Now, we talked 
quite a bit about the data and the types of data and how not only you uh, harmonize it and visualize it, but, and also do the analytics. So uh, Kelly, you might be interested in taking this one. Uh, How are HR leaders going to be utilizing this insight? What's the ideal scenario where they're going, okay, I I understand the future. What are they going to do with this insight? Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, as far as ideal, I'm not. Sh- I think it depends on the client and their needs at the time. Um, but some of the situations where this can be used and where we have helped uh, clients with this is, <clears throat> for example, in mergers and acquisitions and gathering data, harmonizing that data, and um, on that same tone, um, using this to decide things like where to put your investments for benefits what will engage your employees, what will um, retain your employees. And in a diversity perspective, how can we attract and retain uh, employees that we are concerned about from a diversity standpoint um, and using this analysis to make that determination. We we talk about this, uh, well, lately we've been talking about this a lot. As HR professionals, you make a lot of hunch calls. Uh, you say, well, you know, typically this is what we need to do to make X, Y, Z happen. But I think that with the um, uh, the shift in the workforce right now, it's becoming more and more difficult to actually make that a, an accurate statement um, because we're dealing with a lot of different entities in the workforce, especially with larger companies, um, global companies. It's difficult to make hunch calls. So I think that with with the uh, data that we present clients, especially from an HR perspective, it gives the HR professional the tool to actually make those decisions. And that's very, um, to a lot of HR, that's kind of new. Um, And so that's what makes it so exciting is they actually get to use tangible data to make decisions instead of hunch calls on what benefits to change, what benefits to keep, um, where to put more money, what to invest in. And those are all things that we help HR with. Um, but as far as ideal, it just it runs the gamut depending on a certain scenario of the company that we're talking to. Uh, but diversity seems to come up a lot lately. Um, so, and Marco's shaking his head, so I'm going to yield to him. Well, yeah, the, the other... Um, issues that we come up with. Diversity is a big one, and many companies are, are driving towards certain goals in terms of diversity, gender diversity, maybe ethnicity uh, in certain roles in the organization. And we can definitely help them figure out what type of recruitment activity and retention goals they should set for their workforce in order to achieve those diversity goals. Uh, And then what is that going to cost them? A big piece of this is helping uh, HR managers figure out what are actions that that create positive return on investment and help them reach their goals. One of uh, the recent examples that I can mention is we're working with a very large professional services company, a global company, uh, and they are very project-based. And so they have this concept of keeping a bench of employees for the different roles. Well, the bench is a costly thing. You have employees that are presumably underutilized until they're staffed in a project. 
So we're helping them figure out what the optimal level of their bench should be in each role in the organization in order to minimize cost, maximize revenue, and grow in a, at a profitable rate. And I think Marco makes a good point um, with regard to showing the benefit or ROI on this. And that in the past, HR has been considered much of a cost center. And I think with uh, respect to what we're providing uh, HR departments, we're providing them the opportunity to create a cost savings center um, to show the bottom line or contribute to the bottom line somewhat in the efforts that they make. So uh, this is exciting for a lot of HR people who are taking advantage of this. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing. And uh, the example, obviously, is uh, very pointed given the uh, interest in diversity in particular. So, Jim, if we can come back to you for a minute. Um, and in the balance of our time, I'd like you know, everyone to understand where OpForce came from because you're just not uh, a new kid on the block. You've been at the simulation uh, advanced analytics game for quite some time. Can, can you speak to the evolution of how OpForce came into being? Sure, sure, Al. You know, we've been involved in, in simulation here at Optech Systems for in excess of 20 years in developing analytical tools that are built around simulation. And um, about approximately about 10 years ago, we got involved with the Navy in simulating the, the, the naval force, uh, several hundred thousand sailors and moving through their careers in the Navy and understanding, you know, what uh, uh, skills would be available for, for naval operations as well as how many people they should be recruiting and what training they should be doing, looking at and what, what uh, recru recruitment they should be looking at as well as understanding, you know, promotions and things of that nature. And we worked with them. We were working with under a government contract there for several years and we realized that this was could be redeployed out into the commercial world. And so we had some ideas and we put them together and we, we actually obtained several National Science Foundation grants uh, to develop the technology behind OpForce. Um, there was initially a, a strong emphasis on the diversity component, but then it, it, it broadened out to cover the entire organization very quickly. Um, and since then, we've gotten multiple grants from the government in different ways as well to continue to develop this, this, this technology. Um, it builds upon our expertise in simulation and optimization, which are, is the cornerstone of our business, actually. And so we have, uh, it, it just seems like everything came together in, a, in, a, in an ideal way. We're not from the HR world, although we got into it, like I said, about 10 years ago. But our roots are in operations management, operations research, mathematics, and statistics. And we're bringing some very, very powerful tools to bear on this rather difficult problem, to be honest. And from that, we are using our technologies, including that, the agent-based simulation model that uh, we developed for this product, to accurately predict how, a, how a, an organization will evolve over time. Um, it's been really exciting because um, a lot of our other uh, business is, is, is involved in providing tools that are embedded in other systems. 
this is a, a an application where we've created everything that is part of OpForce internally in our organization, and we're we're very very pleased and proud of it. Actually, it's it, we patented the uh, the algorithms behind uh, the simulation for for the workforce planning, and and we're also applying this world class uh, technology of optimization in various aspects of the predict predictive model. So it's been a, an exciting time for us, and really uh, a very interesting. Uh, project and, 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 and uh, product that we are honestly quite proud of. And Al, if I may just inter interject something very quickly, the agent-based model, that the, the simulation model that Jim is mentioning, that allows us to simulate individual employees going through their career in the organization. That's not to say we track their name or their personally identifiable information. But given their unique characteristics in terms of uh, things like age and gender, tenure, performance rating, and level of the organization, for example, we can predict uh, what their probability of staying with the organization is from one period to the next very accurately. That allows us to create multiple scenarios of the future under varying assumptions. Let's say we want to create a, a more in, uh, an enhanced onboarding program. Uh, we can assess how that will increase retention of certain types of employees. If we want to fast track a career path uh, and, and maybe relax some of the promotion eligibility, eligibility rules for a certain type of role in the organization, we can create a scenario like that and you don't have to implement it. You can evaluate what the results are what the cost trade-offs of doing one thing versus another are without having to invest a dollar into your organization until you know what the likely results are. And then you can, with confidence, invest in the right uh, types of programs and practices that will create the results that you're looking for. And I think that is at the core of our technology and our services. Oh, very interesting, and thanks for sharing that. Uh, yes. Certainly, a much-needed uh, uh, tool or, or uh, ability, given the uh, critical nature of talent, uh, particularly in those uh, industries where talent is tight, uh, namely, you know, technology and engineering and, and, and healthcare. Which brings me to my final question in the the few minutes that we have left: uh, How would you advise leaders? Uh, or analysts to advance their ability and in particular engage with you? And, and finally, uh, how can they learn more about OpForce and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, um, if someone wants to know more about OpForce, uh, they can reach out to us at 303-447-3255 or uh, on our website at OpForce. Force.com. That's O P T F O R C E.com. And we have a lot of uh, white papers out there, and they can also reach out to us for demos. Excellent. And to that uh, initial question, you know, what would the, be the best advice on how to uh, take the best next step if you're an HR leader or an analyst? And with your tool or just in general, what would be the best next step 
for them to take? Is it creating a vision and, and a, a roadmap to achieve it, or is it uh, looking at technology? Is it looking at the questions leaders want to know? I mean, what would be your advice? I think it depends on their background, but initially I would say to learn what you can about the actual process of workforce planning, ask a lot of questions within your organization, um, and reach out to us to see what this is all about. Um, through the um, information that we share, uh, they might be able to get more information from their leaders uh, from questions that we can arm them with, and of course, through your organization at TSI. Outstanding. Um, yeah, with that, uh, Jim, Marco, any closing comments? Uh, I don't think so, Al, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. We really enjoy talking about Opforce and, and spreading the word about uh, uh, smart workforce planning. Yeah, we look forward to helping that other 85% of companies that are looking to move forward from just reporting on the past to actually predicting the future and being able to act on uh, those predictions out. And thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you all very much for sharing and uh, you know, putting forth what the future is going to look like in the workforce planning and analytics discipline. Uh, again, this has been Dr. Jim Kelly, Dr. Marco Better, and Kelly Wenzel from Opforce out of Boulder, Colorado. I'm Al Adamson, uh, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. Thank you for joining us today. And if you want to learn more about upcoming events, please visit talentstrategyinstitute.com and look forward to talking with you again. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. For other podcasts and to learn about upcoming events, please visit talentstrategyinstitute.com.